Hey friends, welcome to Wild Confidence Podcast, where we help one another find, keep, and share our confidence in Christ. I'm your host, Ainsley B. It's an honor to bring you some inspiring conversations with amazing guests. Before we hear today's conversation, I want to kindly ask if you'd leave a five-star review and share this episode with a friend who might like it. I'd also love to connect on Instagram, so find me at Ainsley B. Okay, I can't wait anymore. Let's get to know our guest. Annie F. Downs is a New York Times bestselling author, sought-after speaker, and successful podcast host based in Nashville, Tennessee. Engaging and honest, she makes readers and listeners alike feel as if they've been longtime friends. Founder of That Sounds Fun Network, which includes her aptly named flagship show, That Sounds Fun, and author of multiple best-selling books like 100 Days to Brave and Remember God, Annie shoots straight and doesn't shy away from the tough topics. But she always finds her way back to the truth that God is good and life is a gift. Annie is a huge fan of laughing with friends, confetti, soccer, and boiled peanuts, preferably from a backroads Georgia gas station. Read more at AnnieFDowns.com and find her all over the internet at Annie F. Downs. I can attest to how incredible Annie is. She is one of my friends, and I cannot wait for you to hear all of the incredible things that she has to share with us. Annie, my friend, welcome to Wild Confidence. How are you today? Oh, I'm just so happy to get to talk to you. This is so fun. I know. It's like we're getting coffee, but... I know. We're, we went to... A, where's that restaurant we went to in Houston? <laughs> We had really good, was it Houston? No. Was it Lafayette? Yes, bon, you're exactly right. Yes. Bonton Cafe, maybe? Yeah. Oh, girl. We had I good think... talks. We had good food. Yes. I love when we're and, in the same place. And I always think of you when I go to the well in Nashville. Uh, why don't you call can... me? No, no, no. I mean, I haven't been lately. Okay, good. I was about to be like, Ainsley, what? <laughs> no. I Every will. time I go to New York when you live there, I called you. You better call me when you come to Nashville. No, 100%. I haven't been in a long time. And I was supposed to go uh, recently, but my doctor doesn't want me to fly. Yeah, that makes so sense. So that's pretty That's how it goes lame. when you're with child. I know, but we have companion pass. So I'm like, come <laughs> on. This is when I'm trying to get it all out of my system. That's right. Um, so yes, whenever we're in the same city, it's always so much fun. And I love getting to hang out with you. You are you. the absolute best. Oh, and I think the best thing about, I, I know that you pour into me without even knowing it in your everyday life. Um, but I think the coolest thing that I have gotten to see is the evolution of your career. Yeah, because you've been around for a long time. For a long time since me and Justin have been together, which is yeah. seven years. Yeah, that's exactly right. Wow. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So 2014, y'all started dating? 15? 13 ish. 13. Oh, yeah. That's right. Sorry. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You know your life. Sorry. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. No, I'm not sure that I do. Yeah. I so you've been around for a lot of stuff. Yeah. But it's so encouraging to me because I almost think like, okay, if I get discouraged, I'm like, okay, nope, this is where Annie was around this, uh-huh. you know, thinking about that through that lens is always super encouraging. Good. And as much as I preach about mentoring and like having a mentor, you know, I remember being in an Uber texting you about something with writing and being like, Hey, what, what do you think about this? And yeah. getting to, to learn from you as your steps ahead of me is always Amazing. So, well, you're very sweet. It is easy being friends with you. So, it it never feels like work (laughs) or anything. It just feels fun to get to chat. So, I'm always thankful. 
You're the best. Okay. So what have you been working on lately? I know you have a new thing. Yes. Just come out. So tell us. Yes. The kids book (laughs) uh, just released on October 19th, which it feels so special to get to do that. I mean, I, I have loved kids my whole life. Like I was babysitting as soon as I could. I taught elementary school for five years. I volunteer in kids ministry when I was at my church in Atlanta. I mean, like I just, I love being around kids and, um, and so, and even now, you know, I'm not married yet. I don't have kids. And a lot of my friends do, cause that's our life place. And I absolutely love my friends' kids. They're like, I call my mini BFFs. They're like yeah. some of my favorite humans. And so getting to write a book about fun for kids felt like such a gift. And, you know, the whole goal of the book, what sounds fun to you is this idea of like, can we look at one scene in a classroom or in at the park or at a church or at a soccer game and see a bunch of kids having fun in different ways. Cause I think one of the things I face a lot, Ainsley, is when people want to talk to me about their fun as a grown up, there's always like, well, I don't know if this will sound fun to you, or this might not be fun. Everybody judges their fun because somewhere in our history, we started ranking what was fun and what wasn't fun based on what people thought was cool. And so my hope with the book is that we can directly put it into kids, indirectly put it into the grownups who's reading it to them, who are reading it to them, but put into kids like, Hey, if you think it's fun, it's probably fun. Like if it's safe and everybody's well cared for and it's fun to you, it's fun. And so look at a scene at a park and one kid is reading and one kid is swinging and one kid is playing football and one kid is riding a bike and all of those are fun. And so that's really the goal is to kind of have this, I don't know, book, this kid's book that kind of says to people, like, look, fun has a lot of faces. And and we worked really hard, Ainsley, to make sure it would fit in public schools because I was a public school teacher. Yeah. And not and not make it <laughs> um so overtly Christian that it would be not. Uh, palatable in a public school setting, which yeah. I respect. So we worked really hard to make sure it fits in a public school. And then whatever they find when they find the rest of me, they find Jesus because he's all part of everything. But there's a little sneaky Jesus in there. There's a little like, <laughs> put it in your classroom and let people figure out for themselves, you know? And so I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled about it. So it has been, it is a really fun thing to have worked on and to see it out in the world. And I'm so happy. I love that because honestly, like whenever you think of the things that are fun, you do go back to almost the things that you did as a kid, right? Like if you're playing football, like Thanksgiving football with your family in the yard is so much fun to me. Yes. I think that is the best. When you ask people what sounds fun to you, which is the question I ask at the, I mean, the last question I always ask on my podcast, that sounds fun is because the show is called that sounds fun. Tell me what sounds fun to you. So literally like my two book titles from 2021 are in the last question of every <laughs> podcast episode I do. That sounds fun. What sounds fun to you? Yeah. But when, when that sounds fun came out and whenever people talk to me about fun, if you say what sounds fun to you as they dial it down and as you keep going, well, why is that? Why football? Well, why, why, why? It almost always goes back to one of two things, something from when they were a kid and, or something with their grandparents. Ooh, it wow. is wild. It is wild. It always goes down to one of those two things. And I think a lot of times, I think what our hearts are actually longing for is eternity. What we're actually longing for is simplicity and innocence and in this thing we do not know, but we miss it. 
And so because there is something we do know that we miss, like our childhood or our grandparents, it makes it, it gives us a step toward, oh, I bet I missed something eternal that I am, that we're in between, right? We're in between before we were people and Mm -hmm. eternity with God and hopefully. And so, um, and so I, I, when you ask people, it always goes down to one of those two things because our hearts are longing for eternity. I love that because it also reminds me of like the childlike faith that I'm just thinking of like how much fun these kids are having, what it links to as the adults, but then also the faith that we're called to have. And are we, I mean, I know it's kind of like a, it goes from fun to serious pretty quickly, but it does. Truthfully, that's the bridge that is like, are we forgetting how to have fun, but also how to have the childlike faith? Because that's what, it seems like that's what we're craving or that's what we're longing for. I mean, that's the sneaky the Jesus of, of that sounds fun. That's the sneaky Jesus of it is it's like, you think we're just going to talk about fun and you getting your hobbies back. What I'm actually going to tell you is your heart is crying out for something. And mm. if you don't know Jesus, it's Jesus. And if you do know Jesus, there's healing you need. Yeah. And, and fun is this invitation into that. And it, it releases you to kind of be vulnerable and, and connect with other people and long for this thing that we can't remember. And so it's one of my, it's kind of how I write my books. I tend to write books that are, uh, simple and cover and simple in nature and hopefully deeper once you get on the inside. And I have read it every single one and I can attest that they are. I literally, I don't read paperback typically because I, um, Listen, I yeah, do yeah, audio books book, more, yeah. but I will never forget uh, riding this subway in New York because I had a 40 minute subway ride. It was just yeah. straight 40 minutes every day to and from work. And I would do a chapter, uh, a ride yeah. <laughs> and, I, and it kept me from hating the world because New York <laughs> is disgusting. Um, Man, you, okay. you did the you subway did is disgusting. perseverance in that season of your life. I was so impressed with the way you, you, y'all obeyed God, even when it was hard. I mean, it was, it was a marking season for you and Justin. And I, I will never forget it. Every time I go to New York, I think, man, they really did the work of persevering in this city. It, I for sure, Justin loved it. He loved every minute of it. And I wish that there was like a little piece that we could kind of go back for his sake, but I was, it was hard for me for sure. Yeah. But you know what? those, I mean, the fact that like those memories of reading your words on the subway are so cemented, it kind of shows you how much I was clinging to the positive and the fun and the things and the longing that I was having for just that and for the healing that you're talking about. Yeah, that's it. Um, So I just, I love all of your work. Oh, and your, your sneaky Jesus is so crucial. I think to everyone's lives, you and Bob Goff, I think do it in the most impactful way Yeah, thank you. out of every, of all things I read and, uh, you know, take in it's, it's my favorite because it's sneaky Jesus and storytelling. And I could just sit and listen to stories all day long. Yeah. So, but you know, that Matt, the reason it matters is that's my lane. 
It, it is not better than the people who are overtly teaching the Bible and it's not sure. better than the people. And so if you think about mm-hmm. our faith, like a, if you think about our faith and the work people do like you and I, if you think about it like a donut in the very middle of the donut, the donut hole is the really intense Bible teaching. It's mm-hmm. Beth Moore. It is, um, uh, Lisa Harper. Lisa Harper. Yeah. Colleague. Like totally like overtly we are we are taking believers deeper in their faith and this is a bell curve and this isn't all the round all the way true every time but this is kind of how i think about it all of us are somewhere in that donut from the donut hole to the edge mm-hmm. right and then there are people outside the donut who are believers that are doing work almost all the way outside like a tim tebow right everybody yeah. knows he's a believer and he writes christian books but you know he's on the tv talking about football all the time Right. Right. So my spot, my lane is the edge of that donut. And I want the people who are right. I'm not going to get the Christians or the non-believers that Tim Tebow gets way outside the donut. Those people who have another connection with him, I'm probably not getting them. I, the people who are listening to me are the spiritually curious where they're Mm. like, huh, I, that feels good. That idea of a hundred days to brave feels good. That idea of that sounds fun feels good. So it's almost like with, if they're in yelling distance from the edge of the donut, I, they can hear me. That's my spot. Mm -hmm. And then otherwise, if I turn inward, the people I'm probably talking to that I'm the most impactful to at times are the people who are walking away from that intense teaching. And I'm going, Hey, hold on. Don't go anywhere. Tell me what's going on. What makes you sad? What makes you angry? Like, why do you feel hopeless? Like stop right here. I just did a podcast episode a few weeks ago about singleness. And the main goal was to look inward into the donut and say to the people who are walking toward me, don't give up hope on God. Do not give up hope. Stay in the donut, you know, like stay here, walk back toward those Bible teachers, believe that the scripture is true. I'm here on the edge if you need me, but walk back to the middle, walk back to the middle. I'm always trying to be a bridge. I just want to bridge people to more of the gospel, to friends that I love, to products I believe in, to to cities that I love. I want to bridge. That's why I love when my friends become friends with my friends as yeah. I've only bridged them to each other. And so that, I, so the sneak, that's a long answer. The sneaky Jesus idea that I do it is, is just my lane. It's not better than anybody else's lane, but I'm very clear on where I am in the donut and what I'm called to do. And, uh, but I've also remember, I, this has been my full-time job for 11 years. Yeah. And so this has been a long time that I've been working on this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I think you do it so well. And I, I a hundred percent agree. It's not necessarily better or worse than anyone else, but it's so necessary because there are so many people who are either unsure if they want to come into the donut or like you said, are walking away from the middle. There's so many people and not even, um, not even just like forever, but it's almost like a back and forth. It can be a back and forth. It is for me as a consumer, I'm back and forth, right? Like there are times where I want, right now I'm reading two books on prayer. Like I'm way (laughs) in the middle of the donut on some things. And there are other times where all I'm reading is fiction and maybe, and most likely not Christian fiction. And Mm -hmm. so I am as a consumer, as a human, not as a producer, I float all over the place, but as people who are writing books, making podcasts, standing up and teaching in any way, leading a small group, all those things, it's important to know 
where do you fit on that donut? Because that's a lane that God needs you to fill. There are people who are all over the place on the donut. And I, I mean, I have Bible studies that I've written. So there are parts of my work yeah. that will walk you. And, and my book, Remember God, is way more middle of the donut. It is like yeah. really dark and really deep. And what do you do when God disappoints you? I mean, it is like, but then there's let, that sounds fun. And there's what sounds fun to you. And there's 100 Days to Brave that are kind of more toward the edge that are faith-based work, but they are not... Um, they're not Bible studies. And yeah. so I, um, so even I, as a, as a creator fluctuate, but I know my, I know my lane that I'm in most of the time. Yeah, absolutely. Now this is a rogue kind of point, but okay. I just kind of want to follow this train of thought because there are so many people who writer wise, who don't know their lane. Yeah. And I've, I don't know that I've ever really spoken directly to writers, but I'm just, thinking right now, like someone might be listening who is a writer. That's like, well, I don't know where I should be in the donut. I don't know if I, I know they just don't know. So do you have any encouragement for them? Yeah. I think part of the challenge is a decade ago, 15 years ago, we only, the only women that were leading, were leading from the middle of the donut, Mm -hmm. right? They were either, they were either Bible teaching or they were not doing faith things at all right? Like it was people like, um, like Oprah, right. Who were way outside. And then there's Beth Moore way in the middle. And those were the two women we saw leading. The beautiful thing now is there are a lot of us at a lot of different places in our lane. And so I think the interesting thing for someone who's trying to sort out their lane is a try and fail, like put some things out there and see what connects with the audience that you're now naturally drawing to yourself, like pay attention to who's already following you, who's already paying attention to your work, who is already um, asking you questions in your DMs, pay attention to who they are. And then I would also say like, who do you love listening to? Like, who do you feel most drawn to? Because that's probably also telling you where you can create best. And so, and give yourself time. You do not have to sort it out before your first book comes out. You don't have to sort it out before you start a podcast. You don't have to like we are, I'm going to keep changing on this. There may be a day where I'm into writing Bible studies for five years. I don't know. And that'll move me way to the middle of the donut. There may come a day where I'm on a national TV show and I'm way outside the donut. And the reality is Ainsley is wherever you are, when you are in your lane, people are going to love it. And people are going to be disappointed in you. And both Mm. are always true because there are people who feel like you should be more overt and people who wish you were less overt. And there are going to be people who wish you said more direct bossy things to people and people who wish that you would lighten up on the things you were bossy about. There are always going to be people disappointed. So the thing you have to remember as you're sorting out your lane is, is as it gets closer and as you get, you're going to disappoint people all the way, all through it. And all that's doing is building the banks of your river to help you know where it flows. Like, yeah. oh, those people think I'm I'm too uh, vocal about my faith. What does that make me feel? Well, that makes me feel mad because I want to talk about this. Okay, well, there's a bank for you. Like, there's some banks for you. You probably want to keep walking that way and go like, actually, I want to, I want to really stand up for some of these things. Okay, great. Go for that. Just know that that's your lane and know that there are going to be people happy and unhappy. So it is. Yeah. And, um, but if the people who have your phone number, if the people who are mentoring you, if the people who are speaking into your career, like your agents or your editors or your publisher are saying you're outside of your lane, you need to listen. 
when the internet's yelling at you, let it build your banks of your river. When your team is yelling at you, let it adjust how the river's flowing. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because I'm sitting in a tug of war of that right now Mm -hmm. of, is this too much? Is this not enough? Is, am I being true to who I believe that? Right. Right. You know what I'm, what, what lane that I'm called to. Right. So I'm just so thankful that you said that because I find that it can be um, detrimental to my confidence Mm. and not just as a writer, right? but as a human, because I'm sitting here weeping over my book and I'm like, what, who am I? Like, it's just like all these things kind of start flooding in. That's like, what am I doing? I literally yes. started looking for jobs the other day. Cause I was like, yeah. I'm just going to write this book and get a desk job. Like that's yes. how much it can affect someone's confidence in, in their person, yes. not just in like the work that they're doing. Oh, so yeah. in seeing you, um, grow in your career and, and find your lane and find all of these incredible gifts that you are giving us, um, as the general public, <laughs> How do you, well, let's start here. Have you ever felt not confident in your lane or in what you're doing or just in who you are? Yeah, totally. I mean, there are moments where I don't feel confident about my job all the time. Like, of like, did I make that decision wrong? Did that go sideways? Mm. Um, my, the bigger arc of my story is being confident in myself and in my, like being Annie and the way God made me. And, um, and kind of because I went through that journey first and went through learning how to appreciate the way God made me, it made when I stepped into my job and did this job and, and, and was refining my lane in it. My confidence didn't waver in that as much because I'd already done years of work around, did God make me on purpose or am I a mistake? For me to be this version of me that I am and did, and you know, oh man, if I made a mistake, there were times, especially in my twenties, when if I made a mistake, I'd be like, you are ruining everything. You're ruining everything. You are, you are the worst at being a human. I mean, I used to say that kind of stuff to myself all the time. So hateful, but I used to say things like that all the time. Like you are, you, you are the worst at doing this. Everyone else has this figured out, but you, everybody else seems to figure out how to do relationship and friendship and professional life and working out and eating right and sleeping enough and driving the right car. I mean, everybody else has figured out how to be a grown up except you. And, um, and that it, what fixed that was not only time, time helps with that because you learn like yourself and whatever, but the real thing that fixes that is God just fixes that. You just have to keep handing that over to him and keep asking him and pushing him to, I mean, there's a scripture Ainsley that I'm like living on today in Isaiah that says, um, do, do not let the Lord rest until he finishes his work. Oh, Right. And so, so so when it comes to things like how I need him to change me, I'm like, Hey, I can't let you rest until you finish this work. So Mm -hmm. you're going to hear from me far more than you want. (laughs) That's not the script. (laughs) He always wants to hear from us, but you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I am going to be the persistent widow who prays harder and pushes in more. And when I see you start to answer, I'm actually going to come harder, not back up because I'm not going to let you rest until you finish your work. Mm -hmm. And, and I need, I want, I think the, 
um, how do I phrase this? I think our actual secret sauce in being a person is believing that you were made on purpose. Because yeah. if you just believe that you were made on purpose and you're not an accident and you believe that that's what confidence is, what wild confidence is, is saying, I'm not, I'm not perfect. I'm not great at this. I have a lot of off moments and off days and off minutes, but, but man, I'm not an accident. Like God made my volume on purpose, right? Like when I started, when I got into counseling, Ainsley, I thought, I bet as I get into counseling, I will feel things less than I do because everything I felt was huge. When I like someone, I like them a lot. When I don't like someone, I do not like them a lot. Like <laughs> everything is, my feelings are extreme. Mm-hmm. And, and so I thought getting into counseling, I bet that will temper. And I it bet it probably did 5%. Like it probably did temper 5%. But the bigger thing that happened is it my depth of my feelings didn't change. The amount of feelings, uh, the variety of feelings I felt changed. Now I was given permission to be angry and I was given permission to be joyful in a different way. I was given permission to be afraid. Whereas I had said, be happy or be nothing. Right. Enneagram seven. Thank you. hundred percent. That's exactly it. And so, and so because I know that I'm healthy or healthier emotionally than I was a decade ago, Mm -hmm. and I know I still feel everything big, that must be God, how he made me on purpose. And so I don't have to shame myself when my feelings are bigger than the other person's. Okay. That doesn't mean they're wrong and I'm right. That doesn't mean I'm wrong and they're right. I'm just built this way. It pays off in friendship. You never question what I think about you. Right? right. Because I am big about my feelings for you and Justin. So yeah. we haven't seen each other in a year or something, but COVID, but, but that, that, but, but I'm big about my feelings. So it, it works for me. It, it only works against me in my own head. Yeah. Right. A- a- yeah. Everyone who is meant to be in your life is in your life when you are who you fully are. There's a, a bunch of my friends are listening to this one episode of this dating podcast. I haven't listened to it. So I don't want to say what it is. Cause I don't want to But one of the things she talks about is like, be weird, just be weird, be your weird self, because that is who the person's going to end up with anyway. Right. (laughs) And that actually shows that you're, you're very confident to like show up and be like, Hey, I wore tennis shoes. I wore sneakers because I love wearing sneakers. Like, sorry, I don't know what you were wanting, but I show up in sneakers on sometimes on dates. Hi. Right. For sure. Yeah. And that is true in my work and that is true in my dating life. And that's true in my friendships. And that's true with God that if I will show up weird, my version of weird, my version of fun, my version of genuine, that confidence that is in me overrides all my insecurities. Is that felt, does that seem true to you? Is that true in your life? 1000%. I'm thinking and Justin might, well, he, he might come away for saying this, but when I tell you. My, so my sister lives with us. She's a, in college and she was, she was like, or Justin said, is there anything that surprises you about me now that you live with me? Oh, because, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes, well, I didn't know you dance and sang so much. <laughs> <laughs> the man awesome. is always dancing and singing. And yeah. one day, one day recently, he did something that was so weird, just being goofy and silly. But I literally turned to him and I was like, have you ever done that in front of another female? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are we confident in the thing that you just did? <laughs> <laughs> Are you, you sure wanna, you want it? Right. Do you want to take that back? Right. I don't remember what it was, but it was just so funny. He goes, probably not, but it doesn't matter. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, but right. that's that, that confidence. And I, I love that, <laughs> that you just mentioned that because that's immediately what that brought up in my mind is show up weird. And, and Justin is a re- really good example of that for me Yeah, because I, I, um, will oftentimes just subdue myself to let the other person feel and be and not I'll I'll walk away from the conversation and be like did I talk too much did I take over did I was I too much whatever and um you and Daigle and Justin all are examples for me of giving me permission slips to show up weird and be yes it's it's just a permission slip that that you that you're you're not saying anything you're just being you in an authentic and confident way that gives me a permission slip oh okay you can do that too yeah and then I mean in dating and I'm sure a lot of your people listening are dating people um Mm -hmm. in dating it is one of the truest signs that I'm in a good thing if I'm like I am so Annie like I'm not trying to be anybody I I am so Annie. And then I go like, oh, great. Grab on. Don't let go because mm-hmm. you're able to be your, not your full, full self. They don't, they haven't earned that. Right. Like what you sure. and Justin have, y'all have earned over the years. So sure. I don't need to see someone singing and dancing in their house every day right now because <laughs> right. they aren't there. But, but with, with boundaries that are healthy, this is true in friendship and in dating with boundaries that are healthy, show up your full self. You don't have to tell your whole story, show up your full self and, and, and see what the response is. And if the response is to, it doesn't work for them, then it doesn't work for them. Fine. Fine. You will be fine. You can be sad, but you will be fine. If it does work for them. Great. You weren't pretending to be someone else because when you pretend to be someone else, they're going to get bamboozled in the long run. And it gets really awkward when that happens. And you have to admit that thing that you're not who you said you were in the beginning. Right. Exactly. That's, I mean, what a terrible thing to do to friends, to coworkers, to dating partners. Like, Hey, I know I said, I love spaghetti. I hate spaghetti now that we're married. Like that's not fair. That's not fair. (laughs) You're absolutely right. Hey, if you're enjoying wild confidence so far, I can't thank you enough for hanging out with us. And we have some bonus content for you. We have a Patreon that you can join if you head to patreon.com forward slash wildconfidence. We have podcast bonuses. You get the episodes early, uh, free downloads, and some Enneagram extras that are just so much fun. And we have such a fun community over there. So I would love for you to join us there and support the podcast so we can stay wild at patreon.com forward slash wildconfidence. So, okay. So in order for you to show up weird or, uh, just be the most authentic and confident version of yourself, are there tools that you use on a daily, weekly, monthly basis that help you stay confident? Yeah. I mean, I think part of it is friendships, right? It's part of it is exactly what you said is that I, I do have my, one of my girlfriends and I were riding in the car this week and she was saying, I'm concerned about this new relationship I'm in with this guy because I've never dated someone for this long. Like, now we're in new territory. And yeah. I said, Hey, you know what? You've been friends with a lot of us for like a decade. You're very good at long relationship. You haven't done mm. this wrong relationship, but I am an example that you are very good at long relationships. So I'm not worried at all. That's and good. you already have the muscle to do it. So I need friends like that who say to me, Hey, I love when you show up fully Annie. And I love when you, when you give me permission, so it's just by being you, you even saying that to me today, Ainsley is like a gift at the right time. 
And, and so that's one of my tools is my people. Mm -hmm. I would also say doing the work to care for your body, soul, and spirit, right? Like, like, like doing the things to make, make your body healthy in ways. It's not a size. It's not a thing to eat or not eat. It's just like, was I kind to myself today? Did I treat my body? Well, did the fruit of the spirit show up in how I treated my body? Right? Like we have to have this balance between no gates and, and being disordered in how we live. Right. Yeah. There is a fruit of the spirit of self-control. And did that show up today and how I treated my body? Right. So, right. and then how you treat your mind. Are you learning? Are you reading? Are you thinking? Are you in interesting conversations? Are you in counseling? Do you have a mentor? Is there someone who's speaking into your emotional and mental health? And is someone speaking into your spiritual health? Because yeah. the thing, Ainsley, that I can know about myself is that is that I have people speaking into all of those areas in my life. So while I have a lot of improving to do, I also can kind of trust myself. I can trust my gut and I can be confident because all the people speaking, when, when something happens, this has happened to you before too, we've talked about it before, but when you're kind of living by faith and you're kind of like believing God and you're just having to believe what you can't see, when all the voices around you say, I think you're wrong, you need to listen to that. And when all the voices around you say, that sounds like God, you got to listen mm, to that. Yeah. And so that's why we need those voices. So those are the tools for me is friends, um, mental, emotional, spiritual, physical health. And, uh, and I would say, this is going to sound funny, but I would say rest with yourself. Like one of the big takeaways for me of 2020 was I learned how to be alone in ways that I'd never had to, or gotten to learn before. And it, it made me a better friend to myself. And so I, I think being a good friend to yourself is, is found the more time you spend with yourself. Yeah. And so finding a hobby that is, doesn't involve watching TV, doesn't involve, you know, like, gar- like something like gardening or even putting a puzzle together or doing a sport, something that is, is you but gives you some time with yourself to be a good friend to yourself. I know it sounds crazy, but I, I, because I live alone currently, if I wake up in a bad mood or if I wake up and something's wrong, I need to pretty quickly be able to say, Hey, will you tell me what's going on? Can you talk about what's going on? Cause you're in a bad mood and something's wrong. (laughs) And, um, and so being a good friend to yourself, I think is another really important tool in this. I 1000% agree. I think so whenever people always, uh, you know, mention moving or going to a new place, I'm always like, do it. Yes. Right. Right. And because whenever I moved to Nashville, I knew no one and I spent almost a year alone with myself and it's some of the most transformational uh, time that I could ever spend. And I learned what I like to do by myself. And I was prior to that, terrible at being alone. I was always with right. someone, always doing something, always, yep, always, same, always. Same. And the beauty that I found with my relationship with the Lord and my relationship with myself in that time of isolation was absolutely yep. incredible. So I always tell people move if you want to move because and it certainly it, sets you up for being healthier with your friends and with Justin. Yeah. Right. Like I am healthier in dating now than I've ever been because I'm healthier in my own self and with God than I've ever been. Yeah. And so that's not why you do it. I, you, you know, one of my friends always says my, well, my friend and I work with Fallon. We had this long conversation the other day about what if God answers your prayer tomorrow, mm-hmm. what would you do different today? <laughs> yeah. That's and, good. 
And so we are literally one day away from meeting our next best friend, from meeting the person we're supposed to be with, from meeting someone who is helping you move things forward in your life. And so if, if that is true that we're one day away, well, then all your life prepping to be healthy for yourself and healthy relationally and spiritually, it's just for you until tomorrow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you don't do it because tomorrow's coming, but you do it because today matters. Mm-hmm. And so we get ourselves as healthy as possible because today matters. And then tomorrow, what if God did the thing? What? Oh, that's like, and if he doesn't, then you live for, and, and, and you know, you go into tomorrow going, I release it to you, God, you're the one yeah. that's sovereign and you're in charge and I surrender it all to you. But if you did tomorrow, the thing I prayed for you to do, what did I live today the way I wanted to, then you wake up tomorrow and you go, huh, I wonder if today's the day God's going to do the thing until then I want to be healthy. And I want yeah. to be in good relationships and I want to blah, blah, blah. You know, like maybe tomorrow's when you get the book deal. Maybe tomorrow's when you meet the person. Maybe tomorrow is when the, the money you've needed shows up in your bank account. Maybe tomorrow is when the healing you've been praying for happens, right? Like what if it's tomorrow? How do you yeah. want to live today? What do you want to say to God today? If he's going to do the thing tomorrow. That's so good. I love that. That is such a good thought. And it's such a good, um, uh, almost like hope to cling to. Especially. Yeah. I mean, listen, it, a Romans eight, Listen, I've been a Christian since I was five years old. I'm 41, 36 years, right? <laughs> How have I never read this till this year? <laughs> Romans 8, we all know that for God works all things together for good, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Not blah, 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 it's the Bible, it's very good. <laughs> but if you go up for Romans 8, 28 and you go to Romans 8, 24, it says, hope that is seen is no hope at all. Wow. What? I didn't know That's that right. Either. Hope that is seen as no hope at all. The only time we have to hope for something is the, is the day before tomorrow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Once it, once the thing happens, we don't have to hope for it anymore. Right. So hope is the trick to faith because it is the thing that will hold you over until God does the thing. And, and it's beautiful. I want to live full of hope. I want, this is what I say all the time about getting married. I'm going to hope until the, until I meet the guy or until I meet God, one of the two, (laughs) (laughs) I'm hoping until I meet somebody. Yes. And so, and so I'm I'm gonna live with hope and it sometimes makes you look dumb and it probably is more painful than if you just lived hopelessly. There's uh-huh. a dull ache of living, there's a dull ache of living with hope. There is a deep darkness of living without it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm gonna be the one who's confident enough in God that he is who he says he is, that he said, Don't let me rest until I finish the work. Yeah. Right? He's the one yeah. who said that. So yeah. Now you got me preaching. What are we doing? Look, I'm, I'm, I'm at church. I'm ready. I'm here. I'm moving everybody to build that donut. That's what I'm doing. Y'all to build that donut. I literally was just thinking that. I was like, we're going deep in the donut. Yeah, we are. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, there's, there's so many like nuggets and quotes and like lessons that you're giving us. And I'm like, so excited. And I'm wondering, would you tell this exact same, uh, information or lessons or things to younger Annie, or what advice would you give your younger, less confident self, maybe 20 years ago, 10 years ago? I, when I get asked this, a lot of 20 somethings ask me a version of this. Like, what would you tell me? Or what would you tell yourself 20 years ago? I would say if I could go back to 20 year old Annie, who is a junior at the university of Georgia and living on Bloomfield street Mm -hmm. uh, with her best friend, having tons of fun, I would say to her, go fall in love with your life. 
whatever your life is today, go fall in love with it. Fall in love with your life because I, so much of my twenties, I spent living for what I wanted God to do and disappointed he wasn't doing it. I missed out on being in love with the life that I had, right? Yeah. Like my life is not, uh, my life is really different than 20 years ago, but I'm not compared to you married and pregnant or compared to some of my friends who have a bunch of kids or some of my friends who've been divorced or who've lost their parents or, you know, there's right. a lot of things, but I, I do recognize like I had more energy. I stayed up later in my twenties and I missed some <laughs> sure. of the fun of that because of other, th- I was worried about things I didn't need to be worried about. Yeah. If I would have fallen in love with the life that I had, and then every day that God gave me something that was an answered prayer, it would have been the hugest bonus. Yeah. And, and so now I am like, I mean, Ainsley, I am so in love with my life. <laughs> I, I, I was, I have, I had vocal coaching this morning because uh, we're trying to keep my voice strong for this tour we're on. Yeah. And so I had vocal coaching and I, 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 she said, are you excited to go to work? You know, cause I, I wasn't at work yesterday because I had a migraine. And she said, are you glad to go to work? I said, I love going to work. I hate that I missed yesterday. I absolutely love going to work. I love my life. I love the friend groups I'm in. And so what that means is when God brings anyone else or anything else, it feels like such a bonus. And yeah. it actually, sometimes when a relationship starts or when someone new comes along, there's actually a little bit of grieving because yeah. I go like, oh, this thing that I've loved is getting bamboozled and tossed on its head by a thing I've been asking for. Right. 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 Which is why if God's going to do the thing you want him to do tomorrow, you better love today because you are going to miss parts of today when he does the thing tomorrow. If today is the last day before that you have this life. And this happens all the time in tragedy, right? We can't predict tragedy ever tomorrow. There could be tragedy. I hope not for any of our friends, Sure, but, but this happens all the time. So if you are in love with your life today, do the people in your life know that you love it? Does your coworkers know you love it? Does everybody know that you love your life today? So that if anything changes tomorrow and you have to hand over pieces of this, you go, well, man, I sure was good about it yesterday. Oh, I'm sure glad I loved good. my life that much yesterday because I didn't know it was all going to change today. Yeah. And it's good, right? So that's what I would say is fall all the way in love with your life. And it's not going to be perfect. And actually Jesus promises it's going to be hard. So when it's hard, stop being surprised. It is actually <laughs> just hard to be a person. It is hard to be a person. It sure is. Man, it's also October, right? And it's also beautiful. And it's also almost Christmas. And it's also, you're a year wiser than you were a year ago today. And yeah, and we could, we could list all the ways God has been kind in the last year and in the last two years. And so fall all the way in love with your life and then watch actually, actually, and then I'll stop talking so you can finish your thing. (laughs) Fall all the way in love with your life and you will actually see God answer your prayers. Mm. He will answer your prayers because when you're in love with your life and you're in alignment with his will for you and you're in his will for your life, you're going to see him answer all the time. Yeah, You're going to see him open and close doors all the time because you love what he's given you. Right. And y'all have a really, it, it just makes for a better friendship with God. And you're seeing him and your, your eyes are just, you see everything in a little bit brighter and right. sunnier. It's a brighter day. The sky is bluer and yes, you just see him work Yes, and it, yes. And it creates an awe in you. That's it. And that's right. And that's, I mean, I hear that I'm a seven talking to everyone. So I know <laughs> some of this is I'm built this way, but also I have taught myself to live this way because I spent my twenties and probably more of my thirties that I want to admit wishing for a different life than I had. 
And then I decided, what if, what if you quit wishing for a different life and you realize that the life you have right now is what God has for you. And it's really good. Yeah. And, and it's painful and it's sad and it's tragic. There's a counseling office next door to us. And the counselor says a lot of times, my, some of my friends see him, I can't like hear it, <laughs> but some of my yeah. friends see him and he says a lot, life is tragic, but God is faithful. And mm, that's, that's just good. That's just it. Right. God yeah. is always faithful. Yeah. A hundred percent. So whenever you're pouring out so much and I know you take rest and you take care of yourself and your mind, body, soul, which is amazing. Um, But the best way that we as a wild confidence crew audience, everything, the best way we know to pour back into you um, other than supporting everything you're doing is to pray for you. Yes. So how can we pray for you? Prayer is, I I couldn't, God changes when people pray. God changes yeah. things when people pray. It is it is a tool we have been given. So I am so thankful. And it would mean the world to me if people would pray. Um, uh, for my health, for my body, to stay strong, to be able to do all the things, to be in alignment with what God has for me. Uh, my body needs to line up in some ways. And, and so I just would love for people to pray for alignment. I want to get married. So praying that God would finish the work of that, right? That that would yeah. be that that would be a story that he keeps telling. Um, and let's, let's do three. Cause that's a round number. Um, I want, no, that's what I want. Those two, I want my body in alignment and I want to get married. So if yeah. people would pray that with me and for me, that would just mean a ton. Absolutely. You got it. We will pray those things over you and we want to keep up and we want to hang out and we yep. want to have fun. So where can we do that online with you? Well, I'm embarrassingly easy to find. I'm Annie F Downs everywhere. F is in fun, F is in FOMO, F is in fancy, all the things, whatever you want. Annie F Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places. That's how you can find me. The podcast is called That Sounds Fun. Yes. And uh, that comes out a couple, three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we do shows. And the new book, the, so the, That Sounds Fun is the book that came out in February. And then in October, What Sounds Fun to You came out. So October 19th. So that's kind of what we're working on right now. I cannot wait to have the children's book in our Oh my gosh, I'm going to sign it. I can't wait. Oh, I'm (laughs) sending you one. I can't wait. The cutest thing. We already have like, we're having books on every place that we've lived. Oh, that's brilliant. And so now you're- I can help represent the Nashville window. Yes. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Hey, thanks for the work you do. I'm just so grateful to be your friend. And in a non-cheesy way, I'm just so proud of how much- you contribute to the world and you just are doing a beautiful job of making us more confident. And that's going to make the gospel go farther. Someday we will get to heaven and the Lord will show us some sort of chart. And he'll say, this is what would have happened if you wouldn't have obeyed, but look what happened because you did. And you will see the difference. It will be two different bar charts and we will be so thankful we obeyed. Yes. That's so good. Thank you so much, Annie. You are truly the best. And I am just So thankful for you and your friendship and everything you do. Uh, Mutual friend. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out today. I pray that you're able to see yourself how the Lord sees you so you can hold your head a little higher and shine your confidence a little brighter. I would so appreciate if you would leave a review, subscribe, and share this with a friend. And of course, I want to stay connected with you. Find me on Instagram at Ainsley B. And my website is ainsleybritton.com. See y'all later.